ESPN mobile app. Uh, as of right now, no Carson Wentz trades yet, Broads. But it, it seems like the news hasn't changed that much. But you know who might make a trade soon? Philadelphia 76ers. So who makes a trade first? I asked the question on the weekend. I'm going to ask it again. Is Daryl Morey going to beat Howie to the punch again? Like, come on. I think it's very possible. I really do. It does seem like the Eagles are going to be patient with this, which I don't hate. But at the same time, my fandom in me wants it to be over just because, you know, I'm sick and tired of waking up every day. And the first thing I think about is, hey, let's hop on Twitter to see if anything happened when I was sleeping or when I was working or whatever the case may be. So it's getting annoying, but I understand the process. So coming up on the show, we will have Inside the Sixers with Paul Hudrick at 320. George Hill, DeLon Wright. Some names floating around out there. I know when I've talked to the guys over the last few days, you know, they basically said, they're like, hey, you know, we wrote this article with nine names, but we got more names to add to it. So we'll see what's going on the latest with Paul Hudrick coming up at 320. Also football at four, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Jeff Mosher will join us. I know Jeff's got some very poignant things to say about the Eagles situation moving forward. We'll get into that with him. Uh, I also got some audio. For those who didn't hear, Jeff Darlington was on Greeny this morning talking about the Wentz situation. And, of course, your text messages, 609-403-0973. Your comments on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can drop a comment on below the show here as you watch us here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on 97.3 ESPN. So, obviously, we can't avoid the Wentz stuff, right? And I started doing this on my show on Saturday, and I feel like you're kind of in the same boat. You can only rehash the same thing so many times, right? So are we at the point now where we need to start talking about the actuality and what happens afterward moving forward? Because I think it's just as interesting as what the Eagles do once the trade is done as much as it is trading went. It's a great point. It's pretty interesting. We now have a new head coach in Philadelphia. A new head coach in Philadelphia. When was the last time you heard someone actually question what is, uh, maybe it has to do with, just to be fair, we don't know. We don't know anything about him. If you had someone in here who had veteran experience and has a track record, maybe the conversation's different because you have something to base it off of. So it is wild to think that here's a new head coach in Philadelphia, a new head coach for the Eagles, and it's not being discussed, but it does make sense at the same time because what can you say? You don't know what he is going to do. Well, three of the last four coaches you could say that about. Sirianni, Peterson, and Andy Reid. Nobody really knew what to expect from those guys when they came in. The only guy you really knew was Chip Kelly. And, well, we saw how that turned out. Yeah, you knew what he was about, but still, at the NFL level, you can make the argument that you didn't know how it would translate or relate. But in terms of conversation, you're right. You saw what he ran in Oregon, and you knew that he would try and implement that in, in today's game of the NFL. You had an idea of, of how he would play things, definitely. So, to me, again, I'm working under the assumption that Wentz is getting traded. I know there are some people out there who have tried to put out there the scenarios of him maybe coming back, which I'm sorry. I'm kind of in the boat where I'm with Sal Palantonio. The toothpaste is out of the tube, right? Kind of where I'm at. I, I think that it would be shocking if he's back here next year just because of the way things have gone. And, you know, the verbiage from guys like Mosher and Kaplan on the Inside of Birds podcast, the verbiage from Adam Schefter, who covers the entire NFL, the verbiage from guys on NFL Network, 
the verbiage tells me that Wentz is on his way out the door. I just don't have a specific date it's going to happen, but I feel like it's going to happen. And I think that we need to start accepting that, even though there's a handful of people who don't want to accept it, maybe. I understand what you're saying, but just because it is going down this road, you said you'd be shocked. Yes. Well, guess what? This franchise has shocked me a lot lately. Drafting Jalen Hurts. I remember I was I couldn't even talk for six minutes. I'm, what the hell is going on here? Shocked is what this <laughs> franchise does to me as of late. So I, I understand why it – because it seems inevitable. It seems obvious he's going to be out of town. But I don't think that we should pretend like this could go wrong. We do need to prepare ourselves for maybe the craziest scenario possible – which is he does come back to a very uncomfortable spot. Do I think that there's a great chance that this happens? Absolutely not. I, I really don't. But it does need to be an option just because this has been absurd, all of this. So we need to keep absurd content here because I'm basing it off of the track record of the recent years. This was Jeff Darlington this morning on ESPN Radio about the timetable for when it's being traded. So for me, when it comes to Wentz, like, I just don't think if they're expecting to get the same amount of compensation that that's going to happen. That being said, I do think it eventually gets done. And to lay out the timeline here, March 19th is the deadline for them to have to pay Wentz $10 million of an offseason bonus. It's got to happen before March 19th. He's referring to the Stafford compensation and the deal. So, but March 19th. So we could be in the middle of March Madness and the Eagles drop a trade on us. In the middle of Loyola of Chicago in the third quarter? How dare they? That might happen. <laughs> might be. We Listen, we, you know how it works. You know, the Eagles, they're in their own little world, man. We've talked about that before. Right. Well, they would probably plan it. They'd look for, okay, when does Duke play UNC? Let's drop it right in the middle of that. Well, as it's a if, shame they won't be in the tournament. Yeah, you're right, because they both stink. But yeah, as if that that would be a distraction of Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> hold on, hold on on Carson Wentz no, no. news. Villanova. Yeah, what, what, what's the yeah, Villanova yeah, game? As if that would distract us really <laughs> of the big news. That's good pull by you, right? No doubt yeah. about it. Nova's playing at four twenty-five. Yeah. He was dropping at four thirty-five. Like Nova's going to pay a, attention. A one-sixteen matchup too. Not even a good one where they wait till it gets really juicy. Oh, did you see the latest projections from the committee? Nova's not even a one seed. In the, in the committee's first release of their top fours in each I region. wonder if that's only because sample size-wise, because they didn't play for weeks. Now, well, I'm not saying that's fair. Well, the Creighton loss probably doesn't help. Yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, you know, I, they showed the rankings yesterday because I flipped on a little bit of the Michigan game yesterday just to see what they look like because they were another team that didn't play much in the last few weeks. And they showed on the screen, you know, oh, the committee. And I'm looking at them like, wow, don't know if it's not even a one seed. Yeah. Wow. I, don't think that, sure, I so. disrespect them. That's all. Well, you know, 215 still, you know, maybe someone's got some extra money on the game. And uh, the Eagles say, halftime, we'll make the deal. Why not? Unbelievable. It really <laughs> but, is. But you know that's how this oh, team for works. Sure. This team doesn't care what's going on in the rest of the world. They're in their own little world. Well, no, they would try and use it. They would try and plan it strategically. as Manipulate that, the situation. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, come on. We're not stupid here, people. We understand. <laughs> Howie, we know what you're doing. But I think the March 19th date is interesting. It's something that Kaplan brought up to us on Friday on Football on 4, and I want to bring it up again is because I think people, were they got so suckered into the whole it's coming days, it's coming soon, that maybe there were other variables going into this that we didn't realize. You know, it's becoming more and more apparent that the Colts were the team that offered the two second-round picks. And I have to wonder... 
there is another NFL team out there that says we offered a better deal, as the report said out there. Maybe that team's not Chicago because Chicago seems to be becoming less and less interested potentially in the situation. So maybe it is Denver. Maybe it is another team that is out there scratching the wall because I came up with a list over the weekend. You know me on my list. You know, I write things down. So do I. You and I, so guys do I. I got my down. notebook. No doubt about it. I thought about this because somebody asked a question. It was a great question on, on the YouTube stream on Saturday, on Sports Bash Saturday. And they said, how many guys are really ahead of Wentz among the available quarterbacks? I thought it's a great question because context is king. Context will tell you where Wentz is going. So just a general list before I give you my ranking. For everybody out there, think about this for a minute. Here are all the quarterbacks who are available this offseason. Let's first start with the rookies. You got Trevor Lawrence, you got Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. We expect to be five quarterbacks drafted in the first round. So you got to throw those five quarterbacks into the availability conversation. Then of the quarterbacks who are in the NFL currently, you have Carson Wentz, you have Sam Donald, you have Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky is a free agent. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a free agent. So there's there's a good amount of dudes out there, right? I think it's fair to admit. And I'm working under the assumption, as I'm assuming, that Jameis Winston is staying in New Orleans. Is that fair? Yeah. And even if he wasn't, I think he's somewhat irrelevant to this. And I'm I'm not putting Newton on this list because even though I think Cam still got something left in the tank, I'm trying to look at this objectively from NFL teams' perspective. I think there's a lot of NFL teams who won't give Cam a shot. But that's just me, my personal opinion. I would agree with you. I don't think that there's many people running out to go try and sign Cam Newton. And if he does go somewhere, it's going to be for a very small, small, small amount of money for one year. So I would agree with you. The other caveat is I don't expect Russell Wilson to be traded. And I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to be traded. So I'm removing all of the what-if variables so we can just keep it to this list. So uh, this list is... Where does Carson Wentz rank among the available quarterbacks offseason in terms of who wants it, like who's more desirable, okay? My number one quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. I think every NFL team, if they get their hands on Trevor, unless they have like an elite quarterback already, they want Trevor Lawrence. Is that fair? Yes. I think the second guy on the list has to be Deshaun Watson. The only reason why he's second is because he it probably would take a lot to get him, right? It probably takes a lot to get him out of Houston. Like probably more than the Stafford package. Like I've I've heard three first round picks. And you know what? If I'm a franchise to get someone like Deshaun Watson, I'm giving up three first round picks. My third guy who I think is most valuable or is most be most wanted is Justin Fields. And the only reason why I have Fields ahead of Wilson is because I think that more teams like Fields. I think the reason why Wilson might go higher in the drafts because there are certain teams ahead in the picks. Like, for example, there's rumors that the Jets want to trade Donald and draft Wilson. That's a personal preference. It's not saying that everybody wants Wilson more than Fields. I think the general NFL population thinks Justin Fields is like a, as a you know, Lawrence is a 1A, Fields is a 1B kind of thing. How much of that is where they played, right? I mean, the Part schools. Yeah, the schools that they played at gives you a little bit of bias towards it. I'm not saying that for the good or for the bad. I'm saying in general, when someone looks at a 1B instead of the 1A and they do look at Justin Fields, how much of that is, look, this kid played at Ohio State compared to a BYU team. Right. 
Then I have Matt Ryan. And the reason why I have Matt Ryan next is because he's got the resume, right? If you're a team that's a, like you're the, you're the Washington football team or you're the New England Patriots or you're the San Francisco 49ers, you're a win-now team in win-now mode concept. You want a win-now quarterback, right? I would agree with you. Then I have Zach Wilson as the next guy on the list, only because I know how much teams love him, but the rap on him is the injury issues. You think Carson Will- Carson Wentz, Carson Wilson, Carson Wentz has injury issues. It's a hell of a combination. I know, right? You think Carson Wentz has injury issues. Zach Wilson's got some weird injury history. He hasn't even been in the NFL yet. So then after Wilson, because that's, that's my one through five right there. I have Lawrence, Watson, Fields, Ryan, Wilson. Any complaints or issues? No, I, I'll wait until we finish the list to, to give you my assessment. Okay. My number six is Sam Darnold. Only because of the contract. I think the contract has a lot to do with this as well. He does it. He, he has a very friendly contract. There's not a lot of money there to work with. Then I have Wentz. I have Darnold ahead of Wentz because of the contract. Okay, so skill level wise, you would say that Carson Wentz has the better upside than the Sam Darnold. In theory, yes. Okay, but I so think it's in financial terms of, decision. I think in terms of NFL other teams' desirability, they would like to have the contract over anything else because then at least with the contract something to work with you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. i I do think it's situational kind of like how you mentioned matt ryan where it depends on the situation it's not just going to be any team i would say the same with that contract but would that make sam darnold's trade value more if you're the jets is if you're gonna have yeah you're gonna have to pay a a steeper price to get that cap friendly deal because that's not working my working theory is it's going to take basically selling the farm to get the sean watson it's going to take a good amount to get Matt Ryan. It's going to take a good amount to get Donald. And maybe Wentz is like right below both of those guys. The only problem I have with the list is is this. is It's hard for me to mix the draft guys with the actual players. Because, you know, there might be someone in play that doesn't have a high first round pick. That might not package their stuff together to go up to six. Let's just say hypothetically the team's at 21, the coach or whatever. Maybe they, to trade picks to go get Wentz to them is different than, hey, what can we do to move up from 21 to 6? If they balance that out, okay, what would it take to go from 21 to 6 to get Fields compared to giving up a couple picks to get Carson Wentz? You know what I mean? I, I do feel like it's a it's a different conversation from internal standpoint of a franchise making that move depending on how you value these quarterbacks. Well, my other thing is these quarterbacks also come with inexpensively and a lot of control. You basically get these guys for five years on a very cost-effective number compared to Wentz. But how much, like the Rams, for example, this is their mentality. I'll give up all my draft picks in the world to go get a proven guy. Now, Carson Wentz, because of how bad last year is, he's not a proven guy. But if you're another organization, do you take the risk of drafting someone like a Wilson where you really don't know what you're going to get with Wentz, I get it. You don't know what you're going to get, but I think you have a little bit more of an NFL resume to dive into to see that, okay, he has thrived at an elite level in this league already. Do I value at least seeing that before rather than going out and getting someone who's intriguing, but you don't know how his game's going to relate? Yeah, and I think that, again, I'm looking at it from a, what is a team willing to give up for said player? You know, and how if they if they were willing to be doing it. like I, I think that a team is much more interested. Like if, if you had to take Matt Ryan or Sam Donald, you would take a Matt Ryan, right? Like I think that's a that's a pretty easy thing. 
That's why I have the other quarterbacks below Wentz. Though. Well, I guess it does depend who, right? If you're a team, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I feel Matt Ryan is the perfect. You got to have like a playoff team right now and then get Matt Ryan and that would really help you. Right. Would a team that isn't really competitive right now bring in Matt Ryan for a purpose other than maybe veteran leadership in the locker room? Well, most of, most of the teams who need a quarterback are in win now mode. Because you think about San Francisco potentially getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's one. You have Chicago. They need to win now. That's two. Colts win now. Three. Washington football team. They just won the division. They're basically a quarterback away from being legitimate, right? Yeah, yeah, because their defense is special. Right. The Patriots, you know, they, they got to fix their quarterback situation. I think they need, I think that's a team that is used by mode. I think we're just so used to that because it's the Patriots, but I think they need to have a serious discussion on what's next because they have a lot of holes. I just don't think Belichick's interested in a rebuild. Oh, I would agree with you on that. But at some point you have to, it has to happen at some point as great as you've been, no organization just goes on forever. There needs to be that retool stuff you know, part of you. I just think the page trying to push it down the lane as far as possible. Cause <laughs> yeah. you know, it's Belichick. You know, he's like 60 something years old at this point. You know what I mean? Definitely. But I just wanted to touch with Sam Darnold. For example, if you're a team that's ready to win right now, does bringing in Sam Darnold make as much sense as the Matt Ryan compared to Sam no. Darnold going to a team that is younger and they have more of a three year window to grow and groom. And, and that's why I think it's so situational based on the team. Well, that's why, for example, a lot of people are throwing out there the idea that the Jets could go get Deshaun Watson and then include Donald in the trade because then Houston gets a quarterback they can rebuild with is the, is the working theory out there. I don't know how legitimate that is only because we know Houston is not taking any calls. That's the thing that people keep forgetting. Houston keeps saying, we're not taking calls, but we know Watson was out of town, so we kind of have to keep Watson in the marketplace, but we know that getting him is not going to be easy. Billy brought something interesting up on, on a Sunday show in the locker room about J.J. Watt being released compared to Deshaun Watson, and maybe I'm missing something, but they just released, they, he went in there and said, I want to be released, and he gets released, but Deshaun Watson, they're holding him hostage. With J.J. Watt, and clearly I understand the package that you get for Deshaun Watson, of course, but wouldn't there be someone that would be interested in trading for J.J. Watt where they could at least get something in return? Or am I missing something here with the J.J. Watt release? Well, I think that it's one of those deals where, and this is just me reading what they said, it seems like they view Watt as no longer part of the team's long-term plans. But wouldn't you think that, okay, put him on the market, teams would trade, even if it's not a significant package, getting something in return has to be better than releasing him. Well, we know that franchise is stupid anyway. So. That is a very fair point. I mean, you know, the owner, Cal McNair, got up a after the after the release of Watt. And when he was asked the question about Deshaun Watson, he says, we're not here to talk about that today. Like, dude, what do you think people are going to ask you about? Exactly. About, about, you know, what are you getting from for lunch today? Come on, man. Like, the, the that whole Houston situation is the stupidest situation in all of football to me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think the owner is oblivious. I think this Jack Easterby is turning into like this, like he's, he's, he's like, he's like a puppet master. He's like, he's like moving things behind the scenes. Everyone's quitting or being fired. I mean, the guy, one guy had been in the organization for almost 20 years. He's like, I can't work with this guy. I quit. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Which, yeah. Which is brutal. It's there's so strange. So I, I feel like that. I know people like Billy asked the question, 
you know, why why would they release Watt but not want to trade Watson? I think it's clear as clear as this. The organization thinks that Deshaun Watson's their quarterback, franchise quarterback, and they don't want to let him go. Well, they're oblivious then. Because, they I are mean, oblivious. Here's the thing, though. If you're Watson, what is what is your alternative? Not show up? Get fined? What do you do if that's the case? If they're not going to trade you and you are that pissed off, what can you really that's do? That's the only thing you can do. Is hold out, hold out, hold out, take the fines, take the fines, take the fines, huh? Well, the other thing is, remember, he has more guaranteed money than most players do on that contract. So the thing that makes the contract tradable also makes him okay if he wanted to sit out because the amount of money that he's guaranteed apparently exceeds the amount of money he'd be fined. Yeah, that's so true. So read into that what you will. Now, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, right, and saying how every organization wants the hands on him. This is just a fun hypothetical. It's not anything you know legitimate, I would imagine. But if you are the Jags and you can get the proven player into Sean Watson, would you make that trade? Just hypothetically, first overall pick for Trevor Lawrence for Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Would you do that trade? Would I do it yeah, personally? You. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would too. Would Houston? Absolutely not because you're in my division. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely another Jacksonville element. Jacksonville and Houston are in the same exact division. So I'm going to assume that Houston would tell them to take a long walk on a short pier. Yeah, but if, if I'm the Jags, and I'm just, obviously this is like barroom conversation, Proven commodity. And it's not even like it's a proven commodity that's just good. I mean, you're talking about Deshaun Watson. The thing that would be horrendous, though, is if you make that move and four years down the road, Trevor Lawrence becomes that next insane stuff. But keep in mind, it, it could definitely be one of those things where both quarterbacks end up being great and helping both franchises where you could look at it and say, well, both teams won the trade. Again, I I just don't see that happening. Of course, I, I, no, I, I know it's not. I appreciate the thought outside the box, though. No, it's I good outside it, the box. It's thought. definitely not happening. Uh, really quick, my quarterbacks below Wentz on my list. I think more teams would want Wentz than Jimmy G, more than Trubisky, and more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I also think for for that list, I think people would rather have Wentz than Wilson. I really, but you're going financial, not so much skill level Correct. when it comes to that. So. I'm factoring in the financial because remember, I still don't know though. People would still the upside of Wentz, and I'm looking for. We're so tied into it. We're watching every game, every snap. Not that these other NFL organizations aren't. All they do is live off of film. That's what they do. Right. But to see that upside. The AAV of Carson Wentz is not that egregious where I think people would shy away from it, tying it to what he possibly can get back to if he plays to the top of his game. There's a couple of those I think it, it, we could debate. I really do. There's a couple of those. Sam Darnold being one, Wilson being another. Just because Carson Wentz wasn't just good. He was MVP. And that's the difference. MVP level. Of course, he didn't actually win it. But that's how great of a star he was that year where I think Carson might be up on my list a little higher than you. Yeah, again, I'm throwing in the money thing because don't forget the situation with the NFL cap this offseason. The cap is not growing as much as it has in the past. It's going to grow a little bit, but not enough for you to really make a dent. What is it, 180? Yeah, I think it went up like $6 million or something like that, like something marginal, like something that's enough for you to sound like you know, a mid-level player, basically. But if you're a team like the Eagles or the Saints or the Broncos or, uh, I mean, the Patriots are almost in cap hell. There's a lot of teams that are in a bad cap. Cowboys, 
there's a lot of tough decisions to be made this offseason. And for those teams, this cap is going to really restrict your options. Like the Cowboys, they can retain Dak Prescott or they could sign and trade Dak Prescott, but they can't do much else. Like there's not a lot of cap space for them to just go out there and be like, go on a spending spree. You know what I mean? They go out and bring in a bunch of players that they really need. So they're going to need the draft more than ever. So there's a speculation out there, for example, that the Cowboys might trade one of their linebackers. They're trying to get some more draft picks because they need more players who could fit under the cap. Yeah, and they actually do a great job at drafting. When you look at their draft success, you know, they have found these good players. The problem with their linebacking core, though, they're always banged up. Who would they trade? Van Der Esch? Well, that guy's always on the sideline. Same with Sean Lee, and it's not like that package with where yeah, he's but at. Van Der Esch is younger, he so is. he has less injuries than Sean Lee. So I, I, I think, think that's where it makes sense. I don't think Sean Lee gets you enough of a package to really rebuild anyway, just with his age of his career. And, and no, but Van Der Esch can. Van Der Esch, yeah. What about Jalen Smith? What is there anything on the? Would that? They're not be, trading him. Yeah, would that be I something that I don't believe people? there is a world where they would trade Jalen Smith. I just don't. The Cowboys fascinate me with what they're going to do. Even with you mentioned the Dak Prescott stuff, what is the deal with him? Are they going to move forward with him? Is he going to be the guy? If I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'd be a little annoyed with how they played this one out with Dak Prescott. Well, you should be annoyed. Yeah. The guy, the guy, literally has proved himself to be one of the top tier quarterbacks in this league. But you're you're bickering over years and dollars for a guy who obviously you were winning games with, and you could struggle to win games without him. Like to me, there there's no better representation of how elite a quarterback is. Like for example, Prescott is way beyond Wentz at this point. Like the conversation last offseason for us was, who's a better quarterback? Would you rather have Wentz? Whether Prescott? Well, as of right now, everyone's going to say Prescott because he has shown that. He leaves the team. They go down the dumpster. Once he's off the field, Hurts makes you competitive. That's not a good look for Hurts, but it proves that Prescott deserves the contract and the money. Yeah, it's just, it goes back to if someone remakes Carson Wentz, I think the answer is easily Carson Wentz. Skill level wise, it's Carson Wentz. It's just, can he put it all back together? Can a coach find a way to fix Carson Wentz? If Carson Wentz is fixed, I really don't think it's a debate. I think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. So the talent's in there. It, unfortunately, it's not going to get fixed here in Philadelphia. But, man, I do think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. I, I really do. He's on Birdie. I'm Josh Hennick here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ES. We'll get your comments on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter as you watch the show live at 973 ESPN. Also, the text board is 609-403-0973. We are live in the Matt Black Kia studios here on 973 ESPN. Sports Patch being brought to you by Matt Black Kia. Matt Black Kia wants to get you approved today. That's Matt Black Kia on the Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. Still to come, Sixers insider Paul Hudrick for Inside the Sixers at 320. Jeff Mosher for the Inside the Birds podcast, football and four more on the Eagles. And, of course, your thoughts next. He's Hunter Birdie. I'm Josh Hennig. Filling in for Mike Gill here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN-FM. And don't forget 97.3 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of Seattle City. Wake up weekday mornings from 6 to 10 with Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin on 97.3 ESPN. If you want the job, go take it. Go take it. Like, I need my quarterback to have that mentality. 
Josh Eddie Fillion for Mike Yell here on the Sports Bash 973 ESPN. Alongside Hunter Brody live in the Matt Black Kia Studios here on 97.3 ESPN. We are asking you as we are going through the show. Listen, as the Eagles move forward, what do the Eagles do in the post-Wentz era? What is Wentz's value at this point as we move forward? You can comment at 609-403-0973. Is the text for also as you're watching Facebook, YouTube, we'll get your comments as well here on 97.3 ESPN. And yes, we know about the whole Sixers rumors. We're getting to all the Paul Hudrick coming up in the next hour. But for right now, we're going to stick to the Eagles conversation. We don't want to stray too far away from the conversation because a lot of people will have comments on this. And before we get to the comments, I want to ask you, Broads. I gave you a lot of quarterbacks there. So where does Wentz rank among all the available quarterbacks for you? What is his value to you compared to what is available on the market? Yeah, I think that when you look at, you add the draft players as well on top of what is available in the market. Trevor Lawrence at number one is is definitely someone that I think is above. I think it would just be easier for me to see who is above Carson Wentz. And, and I guess it would be, Trevor Lawrence, it would be Matt Ryan, and it would be, see, like Justin Fields is intriguing to some probably. I'll, I'll throw Justin Fields in there. Like, I think you'd be fourth or so on that list. I really do. I think you have him a little bit farther down. I don't think I would put Sam Darnold in that conversation because even though he might have that friendly deal right now for you, he's not going to bring you to a championship with his play next season so you're going to have to get him signed. And it, yeah, it might be a different deal than Carson Wentz, but the AAV for a starting quarterback is what it is. You're going to have to pay your starting quarterback when it's time to pay him. What is going rate? What is the market? Carson Wentz is in that market range. It gets a lot of money. I get it, but it's in that starting quarterback market. I'm not saying Sam Darnold would get to that level, but you're going to have to pay him if you trade for him. So I don't know if his value is as high as maybe you put it just because there's only one year left on there. Then you're going to have to re-sign him after that. I'd put him in that four or so category, in that in that range, which is okay. good for the Eagles because that means, you know, he's he's wanted. I would imagine that the, the market for Wentz is absolutely intriguing. I really do believe that. I could even put him higher, to be honest with you. I don't know if that's a bias showing, but I, I could – I could see teams wanting. Yeah. I could see a team wanting Wentz over Matt Ryan, based off of age. I just can't deny Matt Ryan's production to me. Sure, I, I feel like he hasn't shown a drop off yet. I can agree with you on that. I don't and think I, he's a, a stiff by any means. That that that's just my perspective. I think that there, and again, as you said also though, there are maybe some teams that are more intrigued by others. Nothing we could do about that. I mentioned the Zach Wolf situation. The only reason why Zach Wilson's going ahead of Justin Fields in these mock drafts is because there are teams that specifically like Wilson's skill set. It's not that they don't like Fields. They like Wilson more. Now, I don't like Wilson more, but I'm not running an NFL team. So we got to differentiate that a little bit. And the same thing with Wentz. There may be one team that says Wentz has got something and another team that says it's not worth it to me. And, and you know what? It doesn't mean Wentz is not tradable. It just means not tradable to a certain team. I always, right, I agree with you on that. And I always just go back to, you've seen Wentz do it. Now, he has fallen off, and this has been a historic decline 
where we are left clueless and we are now at the point where we are trading this quarterback. So I'm fully aware of what's happening here, but you've seen him do it. You've seen him play this well. And I just wonder if you're around the league, do you value that? Knowing that Carson Wentz has played at an MVP level compared to these players that you don't know what you're going to get. How does the game translate for them? Do they have the skill set to be able to deliver at this stage? Right. You've seen Wentz do it, so he needs to be fixed, but you know it's there. Do teams value that more than a cheaper contract and an upside that you need to try and not convince yourself that it's there, but you're going in with faith that he will grow into that, where with Wentz, you're putting faith in that you'll fix him, but you know the intangibles were there at one point where it's not as much of a, a leap of faith. Right, and that's why for me, I say, look, I would take Wentz over Jimmy G, Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton. But I, it's crazy to me that we are even in this conversation of, well, at least Wentz is better than... Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky, a journeyman quarterback who's 40 years old with a phenomenal beard and continues to win some really impressive games. Uh, but, and a lot of children. Yeah, that's that's where we're putting him. Oh, he's better than Fitzpatrick. I, that's such a big drop-off. I don't know. Did it drop off that much? Am I being naive? Did he drop off that much where, hey, he's better than Trubisky, but he's not as good as Sam Darnold's position right now. Oof, that's ugly. It's definitely a conversation. We'll get to some of your thoughts right now as you watch on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at 973ESPN. Josh, any feeling for Mike Yellow with Hunter Brody here on 973ESPN? Also, get to the text at 609-403-0973. Now, the Joe Show asks an interesting question. Would you consider Wentz a bust? My initial answer is no. Because I, I, I need more time. I feel like usually a bust is someone that's obvious you know, like Ryan, Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, you know, uh, guys like that, they were just like, it's just a huge, never hit the ceiling, never showed you anything. Wentz, I feel like the jury is still out. Well, what if Ryan Leaf ended up having one year where he helped his team get to the Super Bowl and then he was a bust every other year? Is that, that would still be labeled the bust, even if the Super Bowl came in a great season? Uh, if Ryan Leaf led his team to the Super Bowl, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and for then, one year. But every other year, he was who he was. I mean, he still might be a bust. Yeah. But to say that, that's such an extreme. I know, I know. Like, but that's what we're seeing in Wentz almost. It's an extreme. Well, like, for example, you may not remember this. There's a football history. Doug Williams, okay? Doug Williams was a huge prospect coming out of college. He was drafted by Tampa. He was supposed to be the savior, and it didn't work out. And he was considering... He wanted to get out of Tampa. Tampa's a bad situation. And he went to Washington, and the coach said, look, I can't promise you a starting job, but you can compete for the job. Well, he ends up winning them a Super Bowl. So he reached his potential, but he still was never what he was supposed to be. Well, so if I feel, it's, it's tough. No, I understand. If I asked you, was Doug Peterson a bust, your answer would right away be no, correct? As a coach, no. So would Carson Wentz be tied to that same conversation? Maybe. And I think that's why it depends on what you mean by bust. I can't label him a bust yet because I feel like if he goes to another team and has a nice, successful career, you can't call him a bust because then he had two good years in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, okay. Never mind. Two uh, years two. in Philadelphia. Two's a good number. Yeah, two years in good Philadelphia. Maybe he has like four good years on another team. I don't think it's a bust to me. That's not a bust. And, and I'm the same guy, and I'm in the outlier when I say this. 
I don't think Nelson Aguilar was a bust because he was monstrous in that season winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, but and, to me, Aguilar is different because he had one good year and everything else has been met. But he's doing well in Oakland. There's still some drops. But he's but, the third receiver. But why would that be a bust? Because you're a first-round pick. Yeah, I still don't, a first I don't round label pick. A pick needs to be I, one of my two best receivers. You know, you draft Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, guys like that go in the first round. Not the third receiver on your team. I, I know, but you tell me, Nelson Aguilar, he was huge in that Super Bowl. And he was huge in that whole entire 2017 run without him. Sure. You might know. I can't label but him part a of, Part of the reason why he was open was because Torrey Smith was out there burning the uh, open over the middle. Sure. Yeah, that, but that's any receiver, right? I mean. I know. Stop. What do you mean? You're you're a product of what's around you. Yeah, well, but the best receivers find ways to get separation. If I'm, if I'm using a first-round pick on you, you got to have better hands and better separation than Nelson Aguilar. I'm not disagreeing with you. Obviously, I want someone better than Nelson Aguilar, but I believe, personally, in my opinion, not a bust. For yep. what he he did in 2017 label Nelson Aguilar bust. So with that theory, I tied that together because I wanted to okay. tie that with Wentz. To me, he won't be a bust. And to me, Doug Peterson won't be a bust. You can't look at that that four-year stretch of, of Doug Peterson, well, five-year stretch with Doug Peterson, and say that it was a bust based off of what we saw. Jeff Bone and Pookie says the medical staff ruined Wentz when he got that neck injury. I don't know about that. I think that you can't blame the medical staff for a concussion that was obviously an illegal hit that wasn't called an illegal. Well, they changed their coaching or not their coaching staff. They changed their medical staff like a year the before. Yeah, the year After two years the before. Right, exactly. So, at what point is it? Hey, how about it's not the the staff's problem here? Because all the time people want to just go to it's the medical staff. It's the medical staff. Although I I do think at there's got to be something to it when every year they if they have another year again of again, this that's type not the of medical that, that's the strength and conditioning yes coaches. sure I by agree the way with that. we have new ones coming in apparently yes I agree with that it's more about making sure your body's ready and things that you can do prior stretching the right way right strength strength and conditioning for sure should be more on the hot seat than the medical the staff. medical staff let's get another comment on the Facebook feed uh, Moon Walker says do the players around the league still want to play with Wentz that's an interesting question. Because remember, uh, Alshon Jeffrey came to Philadelphia to play with Wentz. Remember that? Deshaun Jackson came back to, when he came back to Philly, he says, I'm looking forward to playing with Wentz. If he gets traded somewhere, is that perception still out there? I think it will be, but I also feel that everyone will give him an opportunity to prove himself. I would find it hard to believe in a professional setting in the NFL, here comes a quarterback that does have a track record of being able to play at a high level, and they're just going to shut him down completely and not give him a chance. I find that hard to believe. Now, if his personality shows and he can't relate in another locker room, and then over time you see the same issues occur, then it's almost telling of how bad it was here too, and it's a, it's a common denominator. It's Carson Wentz's personality. Right from the jump, though, is someone going to write him off? Maybe a handful of guys, but in a professional setting, you would imagine that they would at least give him the chance to earn the respect of the locker room, especially coming from the quarterback position. If it was a lineman or a wide receiver or safety, I think it's different, but it's the quarterback. I think everyone's going to give him at least a chance to either prove himself or go in the other direction. Would you agree with that? Again, it gets back to the thing that you said earlier. It, you know, there's so many variables to go into this. You know what I mean? 
it's not all black and white. It's not all straightforward. There's other variables. Well, think about how many teammates or how many friends. Like, there's probably, if he goes to the Colts, how many right. people on the Colts know players on the Eagles? Hey, what do you think of Wentz, this and that? Well, if you ask Fletcher Cox or Jason Kelsey, you might get a good response. If you right. ask Alshon Jeffrey, you might throw him under the bus. So right. there's definitely a lot of talking beha- happening behind closed doors with teammates and friends around the league. They're, it's a brotherhood. They all know each other. So there's probably a, a talk going between locker rooms, I'd now, imagine. We got a comment on the on the text board at 609-403-0973. Mike K in Philly says, if Wentz was as good as you guys say, then why haven't teams traded for him yet? He's not that good. Overpaid and always hurt. Well, first of all, the always hurt thing has been dispelled because outside of the concussion that he had in the, the Seahawks game, he played every game he was slated to start the last two seasons. And then you think about it, 2016, he played every game that year. He played every game until he tore his knee. Then he came back from a teen knee tear and he broke his back. So is it that Wentz is always hurt or is it that we overvalue the times he's been hurt? Like, for example, would you say that Derek Carr is injury prone? No. But yet he's played about the same amount of games as Wentz has over the last few years. He has a similar injury history. Would you say that – try to think of another quarterback. Um, all right. Is Alex Smith injury prone? Whew, he just had such a gruesome one. I, I mean – It was one injury though, Yeah. right? Yeah. I, it's just – it's harder because of where he's at in his career to tie it together. Is Nick Foles injury prone? Well, now that one, you can make the argument that he is if, uh, if, right? you, if you want to. You could say that he is. Would I say that? Uh, no, I'd say it's the nature of football, but you could say that he is an injury-prone guy. Right, so we say things like guys are always hurt. Look, we can argue about guys getting overpaid or not being paid all day long. That's subjective. At the end of the day, Mike Kay in Philly, here's the problem saying guys overpaid. Everyone's overpaid. Everyone. Tell me a guy in the NFL who's not overpaid. Who gonna tell me? Dak Prescott. That's one. Yeah, but one being game. over, everyone's overpaid because it's pro sports. But you could right. be overpaid in the pro sports market. Yeah, but I I hate the concept of saying a guy's overpaid is the reason why you know because the guy what Mike K is inferring is that um if Wentz is as good as you say, why haven't teams traded for him yet? And then he says he's overpaid and always hurt. Well, he's not always hurt. We've already established that, and realistically. I don't think he's overpaid. I think I, he's market value in right, terms he, of the right. contract. He, he is what a typical quarterback in today's world is getting paid. Yes, I would agree with you on that. Uh, why te- Why haven't teams traded for him yet? There's teams with offers on the table. You make it seem like th- they haven't picked up the phone once. You're making it seem like there's not a couple teams in play. You're making it seem like the Colts haven't discussed things with Howie Roseman. Right. There's, there's a reason why the trade hasn't happened yet. Maybe Howie didn't get the how he's going to play this where he wants something so extreme. A team's going to come in and say something that probably doesn't satisfy Howie. And then they're going to go back and forth for weeks and weeks and play this cat and mouse game until Before they March 19th. Yeah, exactly. So they drop it during the Villanova game. Exactly. <laughs> so Mike K, that's why he hasn't been traded yet. I just laid it out for you. This is how NFL trades happen. I'll ask you the same thing, Mike K. Why isn't Deshaun Watson traded yet? Why isn't Sam Darnold traded yet? Why isn't Jimmy Garoppolo traded yet? Why was there one trade so far, which was the Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford Why is one? Dak Prescott not re-signed Yeah, yet? this is the business. This is how it goes. So 
this is the business is your answer on why he has not been traded yet. Josh Henning along with Hunter Birdie here on 97.3 ESPN. Sports Bash being brought to you by Amerisafe Mortgage. Lower mortgage rates means more savings. Find out more info at Amerisafe.com. With the more your comments on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, 609-403-0973. And live on the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, your comments and thoughts next here on 97.3 ESPN FM and the 97.3 ESPN mobile app along with Hunter Birdie, Josh Henning, filling for Mike Gill on a Monday afternoon. Josh Angle and Hunter Birdie here on 97.3 ESPN. We'll get back to your messages here on 609-403-0973. And we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, where you can watch the show here on 97.3 ESPN. Let me get this texter in here. Um, we talk about Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> People are texting in about Aguilar. Which is hilarious. Yeah, because everyone probably is going against me with that statement, I would imagine, unless I'm wrong. Well, Cole from LBI says, Nelson Aguilar on the text board at 609-403-0973. Cole from LBI says, Nelson Aguilar is the second option, number one receiver in Oakland, but he is a borderline bust. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that, and I'm double-checking it right now. Yeah, okay. So Aguilar was had the second most receptions among wide receivers last year. But you're going to throw in tight end play here. No, I'm taking oh, out tight end. Okay, I was going to say I didn't know. Among if wide say. receivers. Okay. Hunter Redfro had more catches. He had less yards, though. He had less makes big sense. plays. Yeah, it makes sense. But he had more catches. So who's really the number one receiver there? Is it the receivers? Is it Aguilar or Renfro? Because if you sort it by targets... There's a huge disparity between Darren Waller and Aguilar. To me, Waller is like a receiver. Yeah, he's point. there. I would say he's their number one option, if you will. It's a, it's a 62 target difference. Yeah. That's a huge number. Yeah. So then it would be your no. I would probably say, because like it's almost, how would you rate Edelman to Tom Brady? A number one receiver? No, but he got a lot of targets because it was like a safety thing. That's how I would value Renfro. It's almost like, yeah, he might get a lot of targets, but he's not a number one receiver. Yeah, Oakland's situation is weird. I mean, you look, you know, actually had the best target to catch percentage of all the receivers was Henry Ruggs. <laughs> he, he almost was at 80% in terms of catches to targets last year. Whereas Aguilar, uh, he was 50%. <laughs> so, is that, that's your number one receiver. Colin LBI. You're right. He's still a bust. <laughs> All right. We got another break to hit. We'll get to more of your comments coming up next. Josh Jenning, Hunter Birdie here on the Sports Bash from 97.3 ESPN.